0: The opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily reflect those of the owner, staff, or management of this radio station.
2: Hey Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with Robin Boyd and we've got an outstanding show today. We've got Rick Johnson from BetterDads.net and we're going to have a visit from Linda Franklin of Shining Service Worldwide. So we've got a full show today, Rob.
3: We always do. How have you been? How's the weather out your end of the world?
2: Oh, it's beautiful. It's another 100 degree day, but I don't care anymore because I have air conditioning. (laughs)
3: yay
2: <laughs> <laughs> finally finally oh, after months of sweltering what you have what
3: oh my gosh we've had the heat out here yeah
2: it's a good thing though you know oh, I we've tell got you, a little I,
3: delay with our skype just so
2: i'm just sorry so that
3: our listeners will know we do we've got a little delay
2: Okay. Okay. So I'll try not to talk over you. I was at a party this weekend where I met a prosthetic designer. He's an engineer that owns a company in Los Angeles that creates prosthetic limbs. And he works in concert with the Naval Hospital down in San Diego. So it was really interesting. I hope to bring him on as a guest. Uh, But one of the things he talked about is the difficulty in replicating the human body and he creates lifelike limbs you know there's a lot of plastic limbs or metal limbs out there and some of the stuff that he was creating is so lifelike even down to the texture of it even though you know you could feel it and it felt you know a little cold because it wasn't you know the body temperature it still looked remarkably real
3: wow wow oh i hope he will come on
2: Yeah, so he said there's a whole bunch of doctors down at the Naval Institute in San Diego that come together to work together uh, to put prosthetic devices. And he said even one of the guys there who's a designer is a triple amputee. He has lost both his legs and his arm or his hand, and he is working to help design uh, prosthetic limbs for our servicemen and women uh, that are lifelike, maneuverable, and comfortable to wear, which is really exciting
3: oh wow wow that's wonderful now how big a company is this do they are they national or international
2: It's an international company. It's an international company um, that provides uh, prosthetic designs uh, for uh, animals as well as humans. Uh, They were the ones who created the blacksmith buddy, the prosthetic device for the uh, artificial horse leg that is used in horseshoeing. So it was really interesting.
3: That is fascinating. Oh, I look forward to that. Wow. Wow. That's really yeah. that's really great. there are so many um we we had watched an interesting show, and uh it was dealing with a young person who had oh actually, you know where it was I was watching um some of the golf tournaments over the weekend, and there was a young man who lost uh both legs due to a boating accident, and his family uh and I'll have to get this boy's name uh he's not a boy anymore he's now twenty one But um, his family was fortunate enough to be able to purchase these, but he was very touched by the fact that all of the other children in the ward did not have families who were as well off. And insurance companies will only pay about $5,000 for a prosthetic. And they can be upwards of eighteen thousand twenty thousand dollars, and that 's for every prosthetic that a child will need until they become an adult. So how many times must a child have a new prosthetic because they grow or or you know it just needs to be refitted so his organization he loves to golf um, his organization will do these fundraisers and have huge golf tournaments and other things, and they will raise money for um, these beneficiaries to be, and he will follow a child from once they've uh, become beneficiary, they'll follow that child until they become an adult.
2: That's wonderful, because, yeah, they are expensive. Very exciting and expensive too you know when he was telling me how many people come together to design these prosthetic limbs i mean i understand you know everybody's got to make a profit and everybody's got to eat uh, but when he was talking to me about the process and the number of specialists you know from doctors to surgeons to psychologists to you know just a just huge group of people that come together just to work on one of the available prosthetic hands and he was talking a lot about how you know the technology changes the materials change and he's like we have to figure all this out and you know it's not easy i never Mm -hmm. really gave much thought about the what it took to make one of these prosthetic uh limbs yeah yeah
3: the technology is fascinating and the um um there's there's such a, a double tier because i think as grueling as it is to learn how to walk or use this all over again. I'm, I'm sure that once people are realizing this is their, um, this this is their now part of their body, this is their body, uh, that must be um, sort of almost a, a an awakening or a, I don't want to say an awakening. What's the word that I want? A revelation. And, and then they're anxious to get, you know, that gives them the fuel that they need to, uh, to then go on and, and make this, um, this thing works.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, and then you I, think it, was of- a,
3: it was an interesting show.
2: The variables that go Mm -hmm. into one of these things, like you look at your own arm and go, my arm, Rob, is probably a foot longer than your arm since I'm about a foot and a half taller, (laughs) you know, and then you've got variations in color and size and muscle tone. And I mean, it was just outstanding to think about all these variables that go into making a limb that, you know, is something that the, you know, the veteran will be, you know, functional, but also proud to wear.
3: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, oh, gosh, it's so it's amazing what can be done. They are replacing organs, replacing limbs. It's, it's really technology. We're very fortunate to be in the world that we are now to to have this kind of science and this kind of technology.
2: Did you see that uh, thing on uh, a- what well, was on AOL, but um, about the little girl who had got shot in the face in either Iraq or Afghanistan, and uh, how the doctor, she's five years old now, and, and the, the reconstruction they did on this little girl was amazing.
3: Wow. I did not see it, but I will look for it just because there again, that's bringing
2: normalcy to this little child, and she will have a beautiful life now. It is. It's amazing. Um, but I will tell you that party was hot because it was outside and it was 100 degrees and they had the misters going, And but they had a taco bar and it oh. was so much fun because I hadn't been to a party. I can't remember the last time I went to a party.
3: Well, I'm glad you went.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I actually got out. I got out for a little bit, out from under a rock. Um, <laughs>
3: oh. Yeah, I've had my nose to the grindstone, but the good things. Good things. We have uh, a few more minutes. You, uh, we have um, Linda Franklin coming on, you said. That's wonderful. Is she going to update us on what's going on with um, Shining Service Worldwide?
2: She is. She is. She's going to bring uh, Shining Service worldwide. I guess they're, uh, you know, they're coming up on, an, they just did another makeover. They've got a lot of um, information uh, that they're going to bring uh, to us today. If we can reach her, we haven't had any luck uh, reaching her on the phone. So hopefully oh, we will find her in the next yeah. few minutes. sure. Sure.
3: And then later on in the show, we've got a gentleman, Rick Johnson, coming on. He is the author of numerous books. His uh, website is betterdads.net, and that's dads plural. And one of his books um, has to do with relationships and um uh, developing good uh, understanding of each other for, um, for better communication and therefore better marriages. He's um, uh, an author of numerous books, and you can find all of those at his website at betterdads.net.
2: I love that because, you know, I see a lot of materials in parenting. You know, as a single mom, Rob, I I read a lot of books. I mean, as a radio host, I read a ton, but I read a lot of books on single parenting, mm-hmm. especially being a woman and how to raise little boys because my family therapist said I need to have the talk with my older son, uh, who's only <laughs> 10. I was like, oh, my God, I thought I had till 13. Uh, but she said, no, you need to yeah. have the talk. Uh, at age 10 in Los Angeles. I don't know how it is, other places around the country. But when you're a mom trying to be a better dad, um, I just think that's outstanding because there's so many more books for moms out there than there are for dads. It's not even close. Maybe men don't read. I don't know.
3: I agree. I think it's it's difficult, too, when, when you are um, having to do that dual role because there are times that... Uh, some dad time is good and some mom time is good, and that's not to say that the times, if you don't have one or the other, that those aren't going to be good. They're going to be your times, and, and that's what's important. So
2: that's right that's right I mean it's you know we are very different and we parent differently um, and I'm sure like you know I didn't yeah. even think about some of this stuff when I talked to the family counselor about she said you know dads speak to their son differently than moms do about this stuff and I, I was just jaw dropped I didn't <laughs> I wasn't able to go beyond the fact that I had to talk to him <laughs> about this stuff um, but so yeah I'm really excited to have um, um, Rick Johnson on and you know talk about some questions and ask him some things especially from the perspective of a single mom because so many moms, their husbands are on deployment when they have to have this talk, and that's not always something you can do over Skype.
3: That's for sure. <laughs> that's for sure. Well, you, this is going to be a great, uh, a great conversation. He does a lot of talks and he does a lot of, a lot of interviews elsewhere. So I, I know that it's going to be a great, great segment with him. And uh, But coming up, we've got Linda Johnson. Uh, she is from uh, The Real Cougar Woman and also from Shining Service Worldwide. Fleet work Week wouldn't be Fleet work Week. <laughs> Try and say that three times fast. Fleet Week wouldn't be Fleet Week without Linda. <laughs> so we will uh, have uh, Linda Franklin on in just a moment. This is Military Mom Talk Radio, and we, we will be back in a moment.
1: Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system, keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these.
4: Why is religion such a thorny issue in our society? To divide people rather than unite. Frank Talk with Dr. Ejaz is a forum for civil dialogue on religion and wellness on Toginet Radio. Dr. Ijaz Nakvi invites leaders and activists from all walks of life and faith to engage in a civil discussion on religion and current events. Join us for Frank Talk with Dr. Ijaz every Thursday from 3 to 4 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on the Toginet Radio Network. Do you feel
5: like when you watch a cooking show or read a food magazine that the recipes are not practical for a busy family? Do you wish you could have a conversation with someone about the best way to get dinner on the table fast after a long day at work? Are you tired of cooking dinner only to have your family turn up their nose at all of your hard work? Do you want to hear more about healthy living and finding more time to find your passion in life? Well, pull up a chair and visit with Heather Tallman. Thursday nights at 10 p.m. Central on toginet.com.
4: We'll put a boot in your ass. It's the American way. Help the Sam, put your name at the top of his list. And a statue of liberty started
1: sick. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com.
2: Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and we have a visit from Linda Franklin of Shining Service Worldwide, and Linda, I can't wait to hear the update. What's been going on since we had you on earlier in the year?
6: Oh, boy, so much has happened. I, we've done about, I guess, another four or five makeovers and you know and one keeps getting better than the next i always say to Trish the woman that i do the makeovers with that this is my favorite it, this is better this is the bestest of ever and then we go to do another one it is it's the bestest ever so they're <laughs> they're wonderful um as i've said before the makeovers are more than a makeover because the women are just so i think the word is surprised Uh, Not only how wonderful they look after the hair and the makeup and the clothes and whatever else we manage to get into the makeover, but that when they look in the mirror, they say, oh, my God, I forgot how good I can look. And I think for any woman, that is a major, major uh, thing because when we look good, other things happen.
2: Oh, absolutely. And what a difference it makes um, in in transitioning. Because, you know, everything about the military, Linda, is about stripping away individuality. I mean, that's why you wear a uniform. That's why they have, you know, approved haircuts and, you know, approved things. So, you know, you got somebody who might have served two or 10 years coming back into civilian life, and it's a big deal.
6: Oh, it, it absolutely is, and it's—it's it's not only they. I mean, for women especially, they really are stripped to their. Um uh, of their of their feminine identity, and I love to see the befores and afters because we always have a a wonderful photographer. And I mean, if anybody wants to see our makeovers, you can go to ShiningServiceWorldwide.com dot com because we have a whole page of videos. We always get covered by the media too. It's a really good feel good story, so you know they're 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 really supporting us as well. And you can see the pictures of one of the the women. She was she's twenty seven years old. She's been in the um, military for 10 years um she's been to iraq she's been to afghanistan now she's back and she's planning to retire at the end of the year and during all that she managed to get her degree in accounting so she you know she has another career in the wings but you see her in her in her uh, fatigues holding this big gun and then you see her after the makeover looking like a glam queen i mean
2: (laughs) it's wonderful that's amazing. And now, what do the women report back to you uh, after having this experience? What are some of the things they've they've shared with you and others uh, regarding the shining service worldwide experience?
6: Well, it, they you know, of course, they love it, uh, and we offer more support if they need other service then we can refer them to different agencies where they can get that we had one woman uh that we did for president's day in february and she told us she was she was a single mom having a rough time so i referred her to united veterans beacon house that's the organization that we work with um and she went when she called them she was like two two days away from being homeless because the home that she was in, there was all sorts of problems with the family, and she was ready to be you know, out on the street, but they interceded. They um, got her temporary uh, housing in a motel with her two children uh, while some of the glitches were worked out. She wasn't getting all of her benefits, because for some reason the VA had screwed that up, so they got a local congressman involved, uh, got that straightened out so that she was starting to get her benefits back again and then they found her like permanent housing and um helped her look for a job so i mean holy cow you know that's and that came huge. from being at one of our makeovers
2: that's amazing linda how did you come up with the idea of having these makeovers i mean this is such a a, a great concept and such a vital need but i've never heard anything about it before
6: well before you, you at know, least. <laughs> I don't know it just seemed like a a natural way to go uh, the, because when when my first group of women first contacted me through the real cougar woman blog um and we started to email every they would call themselves a hot mess because they were still over in Afghanistan and every you know their skin their hair their this their that everything was like you know just gone to hell and um I thought oh wouldn't it be great when they come back to treat them to this wonderful day of pampering. Wow. And so that's what we've been doing. For, you know, we're going into our third year now. It's hard to, be- hard to believe. But um, even when Fleet Week was canceled in New York uh, at the end of May because of the sequester, uh, we said nothing things can um, sequester our spirit. And we had our makeovers. And our, make- our last makeover, we had two um, spouses so it's not just for women that are serving or the veterans we we we've had we have the you know spouses of, of 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 the men that are serving and we've had a couple of moms so it's like you know all the women that are involved in military families are welcome.
2: That's wonderful, you know i've seen a trend lately um, I think you're one of the first to have really done it um in including the uh you know the family members, especially the girlfriends you know i get uh I understand from a standpoint of you know booking and numbers and and you know accounting that we have to you know limit certain services, but you know when I see some of these girlfriends that are ten year long time girlfriends you know and they're Finally available to get some of the services, especially the counseling, the given hour. So I love that you're including uh, family members in this, in addition to the service members, because they serve in their own way, sometimes as much or more as a single parent than service members. I mean, it's really, it's really a a global thing when a family serves.
6: Oh, absolutely, and and these women. I mean, just think of it. You know, they're they're home. They're worried to death every every day about what's going on in another country in a horribly dangerous zone. And and they're tr- they're raising their children and they're trying to make you know t- to pay the bills and and you know and and just I don't know how. I I mean, it just overwhelms me just to think about it. So, you know, I don't know how they cope, but they they manage to do it and. um so so they need to be recognized and appreciated as well because I, I think if the men were over there worrying about their families and what was going on, they couldn't do uh what they need to do. But because of of the uh you know, the moms, the the wives, the sisters, whatever, um, they know that their their at home families are being taken care of.
2: Absolutely. Linda, let's talk about some of the other people that have been involved with Shining Services uh, or Shining Service Worldwide that have either aligned with you or, uh, you know, participated in uh, in your program. Uh, like Be- Beacon House, United Veterans Beacon House, you want to give us an update on what's going on over there?
6: Well, you know, they are just continuing uh, their pro- uh primarily on uh on long island here here in New York and I mean every week that I talk to them they're 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 doing a new a new house so they 've got now about twenty seven homes for for homeless veterans, which is you know totally amazing but you know again not only the ho uh, the houses because everybody every house is 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 um uh it has a caseworker it has you know so they keep track of of the people and they go through you know all the issues that they have and 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 help them with their benefits or their services and so and and what's becoming so clear to me is that um it, ha- the veterans don't know what's available to them when they come home because it's so much red tape and so many things to look through. So if someone can kind of sort them and say sort things out and say yes, you are entitled to this and this is where you go to get it, wow. I mean, I, I mean, I couldn't look through all of that stuff. And, and you know, what if you're suffering with PTSD or just or just reintegration on any on any level? You know, getting getting back to a civilian job i mean it, it's overwhelming
2: it is overwhelming so, I you know, mean, so i see the, that even just in the booking of the show like where to go and who to turn and our female veterans have some specific uh needs that are different than you know our men and who've been serving you know our systems really aren't set up that well for women are they
6: no uh i mean they're they're the you know, if you're talking about the VA, it is getting better. I'm hearing from the women that you know the, that the services and the, uh, are are getting better. Um, they're trying to provide more female doctors and and so on and so so that the women feel more comfortable in talking. But um, it's still it's still not nearly enough. So um, any time that another agent, another, you know, whether it be a charity or a group or just volunteers can come in to help them, um, it's a wonderful thing because uh, these women, they just need that extra little push. They need the confidence. They need to reconnect uh, to what they, what they can do because they, they did such amazing things over there, and they can't transfer those skills, but someone's got to show them and make them realize that they can do that.
2: I think what you said most importantly, Linda, in that is, you know, the confidence, uh, we need to work with the confidence coming back that their skills are valuable and transferable because there's a lot of those skills calculators out there and some are really good, but some aren't. And I've worked through them with a couple of my friends coming uh, back and, you know, we couldn't make heads or tails of, you know, you put in your MOS, it spits out some things and it might work and it might not. It's almost like home values trying to find them on the net. Um, But you're right. Right, we need that human-to-human connection, Uh, you know, and you talk about, you know, handling that woman's housing problem, uh, you know, trying to go through a system, she could be lost for years.
6: Uh, Oh, absolutely, and then that's how so many people end up, you know, on the street. Um, talking about that, our, you know, the home that we have been planning for uh, veteran moms and their children. I mean, we're really making some wonderful progress now. We found a, a six-story building uh, in Upper Manhattan, and we're, you know, the it's a char- a charity is already occupying that building, owns the building, and, they, and they're very excited that we want to come and take it over. And we're just going through the, you know, letter of intent and getting all the agencies and getting HAP, you know, who will give us the. Grant- for the house, in order, I mean, just putting all those little ducks in a row takes forever, but it's it's moving at a snail's pace, but it's moving. I'm hoping that we, you know, that we're done with all the paperwork and can sign on the dotted line by November and get this thing moving.
2: That is so that's wonderful, be Linda. Great. I want to thank you uh, for creating Shining Service Worldwide for all the work that you do with our women veterans. Um, I know it's a lot of work, and I know you work terribly hard to bring this to the public. Let's check it out at www.shiningserviceworldwide.com.
1: Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these.
5: In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Jirasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward. With tips, tools, and advice, and hard lessons learned, these pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central, on toginet.com. In the annals of recorded history, there has never been anything... ...that can compare to home movies. But now, in this modern era, where do you turn for the best information? Right here. It's the Home Movie Legacy Project, hosted by Rhonda Vigent. Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Learn how to organize, digitize, share on social media, use as genealogy research, repurpose or even monetize found footage... Discover ways to find films about your own family that you didn't even know existed. Or create a documentary that can use the power of home movies to deliver a message that can impact the lives of many. For more on Rhonda and the show, go to our website, homemovielegacy.com. Then be here as the journey continues with the Home Movie Legacy Project with Rhonda Vigent. Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network.
4: I love this land God
1: bless
2: Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and we've got a great guest today. Our featured guest is Rick Johnson, and he has written uh, a bunch of books on parenting and uh, marriage and relationships that a father can have with both his daughter and his sons, books like Better Dads and Stronger Sons. These are outstanding books that really can give us a handle on raising our children, and I want to take it today from the focus that many of our military moms out there have their husbands deploying overseas and as a single mom myself I know I struggle with the raising of two boys and knowing what to do uh, with my sons and that's a really common thread that we get in our, uh, in our communication from the public as to how do I do this? How do I handle being a single mom when I'm not a single mom and dad's on deployment? So I'm really excited uh, to have Rick here today, and his website is betterdads.net. Uh, so, or better dads, sorry, single, betterdads.net. Uh, Rick, welcome to the show. Hi, ladies, how are you? Oh, it's nice to have you here. I got to tell you, you've spent a lot of time in your career working on building better families. How did you get inspired to do that?
0: Well, I think like many people out there, I came from an alcoholic home. I didn't have very good role models for parents, especially a father growing up. And um, as a male in particular, you know, it's pretty vital to have that um, that visual image of, of what a, what my role is as a, as a man and a husband and a father. And so because I didn't have that, I kind of knew what I didn't want to be as a father, but I didn't really know <laughs> what what I was supposed to be as a husband, as a father, as, even as a man. And, um, and so that was something that kind of always bothered me, and I noticed that a lot of other men were struggling with that. And so uh, it just really hit me one day that um, – you know, I, I wanted to live a life of significance. I wanted to make a difference in the world. And, and how does one person do that? You know, the, the problems in our in our culture are so overwhelming. But it was really placed in my heart that, that, you know, one man at a time, that men and fathers were really the key to all of the problems that our culture faces. And so I um, started working with um, men, just kind of trying to give them some tools for their tool belt. And uh, it's evolved into way beyond anything I ever anticipated.
2: What I like, Rick, about your work is that you seem to, over the years, hit a lot of big needs that people have. And you, instead of writing the all-in-one family book, you know, you really focus on one thing, like a father's relationship with a daughter or, you know, what a son needs to, uh, what a mother needs to know with her son, like the book, you know, That's My Son. Um, and then you have some relationship things that talk about, you know, being a better man also makes you a better, uh, uh, spouse. How did you get all your research in this? Is it anecdotal? You know, what, what kind of background did you have? I mean, understand your family background, but in the creation cool. of, this, uh, of this empire, if you will.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, it was very interesting. I actually owned an environmental engineering firm for 16 years. And so I spent a lot of time um, either doing or reviewing technical reports, which required a lot of research. So I got very good at research, for one thing. Um, The fact that I'm able to to read and and kind of understand a lot of things, I guess, and break it down into more simplified, uh, which is what I did for a living. I I took very complicated subjects um, and kind of condensed it into uh, things that that the white person could understand, whether they were attorneys or or bank vice presidents or, or whoever, real estate developers. And so... Um, that kind of really prepared me for it. Now, how I got into it uh, from the perspective of the entire family is that um, shortly after I started doing this work, I had a, a school counselor approach me and say, um, you know, Rick, we have a lot of single moms in our district that are raising boys, and they have a lot of questions, and could you put something together? And I was, I was really reluctant. I kept telling him, no, you know, I'm not interested. I work with men. Um, And finally, after, you know, several months of this, he came to me and he said, you know, Rick, it's easier to to raise a boy than to fix a man. And I thought, gosh, (laughs) you know, that's that's pretty, pretty clearly uh, the truth. And so I put something together and it really exploded around the country. And that's how my first book came about. Um, There was such a huge need out there for moms uh, who were raising boys exactly how you described with with no man involved or or limited um, opportunities to have a positive male role model in their life. And, and they had a ton of questions. And, and, you know, that evolved from there to we started doing, uh, we realized that on a three-hour workshop, we were, we were making a pretty significant difference in people's lives. And one of the things that I would always tell the moms is that you have to have positive male role models in your son's life. And, and you know what? They know that. But they'd all tell them, ask me the same thing. Well, where do we find them?
2: And and that so was going that, to be my next actually, thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we actually started a, a, a program from that question called Standing Tall. We partnered with a local uh, Bible college here in, in Portland, Oregon, and started a, a mentoring program for fatherless boys. And, and it was amazing. Um, just from spending a few hours a week with these boys, the changes that were taking place in their lives, these, these moms were saying things like a, uh, You know, our sons are less angry. They're doing better in school. Their reading scores have improved, which, you know, the the guys weren't even working with them with homework or or reading or anything. Um, Behaviors like stopped wetting the bed, I mean, just amazing things that were taking place just by spending just a few hours a week with these young men.
2: It, I, you know i can see that happening um rick what what do you do though in the case of a military family now i know you're a navy vet and you know that's awesome because you're going to get this question dad's not gone dad's not dead dad didn't leave us dad's on deployment
0: mm-hmm. well and, and i i actually do a lot of work with with the military of, of which i can't really talk about but one of the things that we do with families is, you know, that is the problem. I mean, you know, men or women are deployed for seven months and, and generally mom is at home and she's virtually a single mom for, for however long. And, and of course, dad's, you know, been working terribly hard. And, and so even when he gets home, you know, mom needs a break, dad needs a break. (laughs) They need to reconnect and, and it's just a huge problem. And, um, and it is. It's a significant, a significant issue. And, um, one of the things that we've talked about that I think is really important for, um, moms in that situation in particular is that they become part of a community. Um, whether that be finding several other single moms that they can kind of group together to help each other out. Maybe one watches the kids while the others can go out and, and do something or go shopping or, you know, just those kinds of things where where mom is just not on her own com- continually to try to to raise the kids and do everything that normally two people are are going to do and she has to do it all by herself
2: Right, taking advantage of respite care if you're near a base or you're eligible or you even know about it. I know a lot of military moms that write in aren't even aware that respite care is available during deployment and that's when uh, the military pays for child care to give you a break or give you some time to yourself um, because single parenting is so difficult um, and deployment parenting, that's what we call it, is very difficult. What advice do you have um, with respect to bringing in male influence while dad's on deployment is that a good idea is that going to cause trouble with reentry when dad comes home is it confusing to the kid in your experience um you know w- where do you go with
0: that yeah and I, and I think that's a valid question i think it has to be done carefully i don't know too many men who are deployed who understand that their son needs positive male influences in their life that would be upset about that. But like I tell single moms, um, just when I'm talking, not in the military, but just regular single moms, I say, you know, um, if you have a good neighbor down the street, meet with him and his wife. Don't just meet with him on your own, but meet with him and his wife and explain to him, you know, the next time you take your kids to the ball game, can you ask my son to come? Or the next time you mow the lawn, can you ask my son to come over and help? It's not... It's not so much being this great, wise mentor as it is just a boy being able to hang around with a man and, and see how a man thinks and acts and solves problems. And, and just to kind of get that, that male influence, that masculine essence that, that he needs to, to be a part of to, to grow into his own masculinity.
2: Agreed, agreed. Um, I'm a person of faith, and uh, I think uh, it's difficult to raise kids, my personal opinion, without having faith. What importance do you think faith plays in the raising of our children uh, into becoming productive, happy, and successful members of society?
0: Well, that's a great question. (laughs) I'm I'm also a person of faith, and and obviously, because of that, I believe that it's Essential. Um, in fact, that's how I developed faith. Was um, you know I came to a point in life where I'd pretty much been successful at everything that I'd ever done, and and uh, was at an age where I had everything that that the world would tell you should make you happy and successful in life, and yet I was pretty uh, miserable. And because I didn't have any any friends or or men that I looked up to at the time, I I spent some time looking at men throughout history. Uh, who had lived significant lives to try to figure out what they had that made them set them apart from other people. And uh, interestingly enough, all the men that I looked at through, great men that I looked at through, through at history were all men of faith. So it kind of caused me to change my perspective and, and rethink a little bit about um, where I was at and what I was doing. And so I think, you know, the foundation, if nothing else, that um, the moral and values foundation that's laid through uh, faith-based um,
2: values is extremely important for kids. Uh, I need to take us to commercial break. Uh, I want to... come back to that. I want to talk about the importance of faith in raising uh, both men, little boys and little girls. Uh, our guest today is author and speaker Rick Johnson. His website is D-A-D-S plural, dot net He's a recognized speaker. He's a recognized author. He's written books about family, about raising children, about how to become a better husband or wife. So when we come back from the break, we're going to talk a little bit more about the role of faith in raising children and some tools and techniques that single moms or moms who husbands are on deployment can help the military family.
1: Tune in to the Travel Chick Show
5: with Bonnie Kitohata. Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Bonnie will share with you an hour of travel ideas, experiences, adventures, and tips from her guests. Topics range from local day trips to international excursions. From organized, professional vacations to spur-of-the-moment getaways. For fun or business, groups or solo by bus, car, plane, train, boat, bike, hike, or horse. You'll also hear about travel-related subjects like cultures, travel photography, keepsakes, and more. Whether you love to travel yourself or you enjoy seeing the world vicariously through others, join us and enjoy travel stories from around the U.S. and around the world. For more information on The Travel Chick Show, check out Bonnie's website, thetravelchick.com. Then join us for the show, The Travel Chick Show, live Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific
4: Time with your host, Bonnie Kidohara, here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Finally, a show that supports women who are in the midst of a transition in midlife. The show is Second Wind. Here's what certified coach, author, and host of Second Wind, Joyce Buford, wants you to know.
3: It's so empowering for women to hear about other women and their accomplishments.
4: We all need cheerleaders, someone who's on our side. Second Wind is that program to help women connect with other women, hear other women's stories. In a stressful world. Find power in those stories learn to discover your passions and joys again create the life you want to live to the fullest join us for second wind with joyce Buford Tuesdays at 9 a.m central right here on the TogiNet radio network Feel my eyes. Listen as the crowd would sing. we'll put a boot in your ass it's the American the put your
2: Hey Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with Robin Boyd and our guest today is author Rick Johnson and he's written books about marriage, about parenting, about the family dynamic. He can be found at betterdads.net D-A-D-S, and Prior to the break, we were talking a little bit about uh, deployment issues. And for those of you who are just joining us or missed the first half of the show, you can check us out on iTunes under Military Mom Talk Radio. There are over 150 hour-long shows that you can download. You can pick us up at our website, MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com, or you can go to our host station in Texas at Togenet, T-O-G-I-N-E-T dot com. Uh, I would like to go back and continue talking about deployment, Rick, because one of the things that I know from my military friends uh, that – Deployment and reintegration meaning you know the the service member coming back into society back into the family dynamic back into the marriage after being deployed is really tricky and it's tough on the whole family it's tough on the service member, tough on the wife or the husband, and tough on the kids because we all kind of get used to being in our own groove while the service member is uh, gone, and then all of a sudden the service member comes back uh, can you Shed some light on that from your perspective, from being a parent and family expert author and speaker?
0: Well, and, and I, I know the military is well aware of the issues, and, and you probably know the statistics better than I do, but the divorce rate is very high with military families. Um, there's even a lot of problems and issues with um, suicides and things like that. So um, the military is actually aware and is, I think, spending a lot of money to bring people such as myself and probably a lot of your other guests in to, um, to do what they can to help families um, work these kinds of things out. Um, significant issues, what you're talking about, and I've run into it in other areas of the country, for instance, uh, in parts of Alaska where men go away to work on the slopes for uh, weeks and months at a time. Um, they're gone for extended periods, and they you know, have the same kind of issues and problems that we're seeing. Um, with people that are deployed in the in the military, extremely difficult. And you know, we've we've, we've talked a little bit about the issues of being a single parent virtually. Um, you know, it's just as tough on the on the the person that's deployed, whether it's a mother or father. Um, you know, how do uh, the questions that we get are how do we how do we still be uh, involved in our kids' life when? when we're gone for seven months out of the year or, or the group that I work with, 70% of the time they're gone. Um, so, you know, those are significant issues. We talk a lot about communication, about what that looks like, uh, about how to try to reestablish um, bonds with each other. I think it's important for the husband and wife to establish the bond first, um, even though our natural inclination might might be to try to establish uh, that that relationship again with our kids, but I think that primary relationship of the husband and wife is extremely important to try to um, get them back together and back on the same page so that they can work together as a team.
2: Now, what about, does the kids' ages make a big difference? You know, I've got some friends who are have elementary school age kids on deployment and other ones have teens. Uh, with the family dynamic, how do you see that being affected differently through the different ages?
0: Well, I think, you know, any family has, <laughs> has issues when kids become adolescents, become teenagers. Um, and so sometimes those are exacerbated, I think, um, particularly with young males. Uh, when dad is gone for an extended period, that's really a, a period of time when they really need Uh, dad in their life because they're making that transition from boyhood to manhood Um, but young girls as well too Um, you know I think his dad's really important in his daughter's life especially at that age and uh, again those are some of the things that we're kind of trying to work on to to give them experiences that they can bond together because those are really important that when you when you do things together as a family um, as a father-daughter as a father-son Uh, mother, son, things like that. Those are um, experiences that tend to stick with us for for a lifetime.
2: Now, you have an event coming up. It says here on your uh, website you're going to have a father and daughter event. What is that going to look like?
1: Well,
0: what we're doing, you know, we're we're a part of the country that we're in. Um, We have a lot of things such as father-daughter dances. And those are nice. Those are fun but what we wanted to do was something a little bit deeper. And so we've put together this all day conference. Uh, we're inviting dads and daughters, 12 years and older up through adult. Um, what our goal is, is to, you know, a lot of particularly in the teenage years, again, is where we find that break in, uh, in that father daughter relationship. Um, you know, her sexuality kind of freaks him out. Um, They don't communicate real well. You have the typical angst of teenagers anyway. Um, Not only that, but we see, I even see a lot of adult women who maybe don't have a good relationship with their dad, maybe have wounds from their childhood. Um, Either way, I hear a lot of young and older women say, I just wish my dad would talk to me. Um, And so our goal is to, A, help to repair any. Relationships to reconcile any any issues, um, and also to try to just bring the fathers and daughters closer together. So we're doing some really cool things. We're we're doing um, sessions where we have both the fathers and daughters together, and we're doing some sessions where we split them apart. We have the girls in one session, we have the dads uh, by themselves, and uh, we're bringing in some great speakers. We've got a young woman who has um, a survivor of um, sex trafficking that's going to talk to the girls about what that looks like, how to avoid it, um, some of the tricks that that industry uses. Um, We're going to be doing a very cool thing where um, we're going to take the girls in the morning and uh, we have a psychologist on on board who's going to be working with them and having them look in a mirror and uh, write down all the things that they see. And, of course, we know that teenage girls, um, typically the messages that our culture has given them, things like end up writing things down like, I'm ugly, I'm fat, I'm those types of things. At the same time, I'm going to be talking to the men in a separate room, and I'm going to be talking to them about, you know, their words are extremely important and have them write down some things that they think are most applicable to their daughters, how they feel about them. I'm going to just have them put those things away until the end of the day. We're going to have a session where they're together. And uh, I've done this before where I have my daughter on stage, have her in a chair, Um, I kneel down, I give a father's blessing on her, tell her all the things that I love about her and and that I hope for her in life, and and just kind of give her God's blessing on her. And um, It's a very powerful time. I'm going to have the girls take their uh, notes that they wrote about themselves when they looked in the mirror and give them to their dads to read. And I'm going to explain to the dads that their words are the only things that can offset those messages that our culture Gives them, well, they can offset they it, Rick, or they,
2: you know, or they that? can, it, it can offset it or it can support it, you know, and I want to take a minute here not exactly. to interrupt you, but um, I've got, you know, a lot of girlfriends, I did a lot of, you know, photography and things like that as a younger girl, and um, the dad's words are so incredibly powerful and As are the older brothers in the family. And I just wanted to chime in about teasing. And I have a girlfriend, I was a swimmer. So, you know, from the time I was five till I went to college. So we stood up, you know, in front of bathing suits. And one of my girlfriends was a diver. And she was a wonderful diver. But you know, her dad and her brothers used to tease her, call her thunder thighs. Mm -hmm. And She is 48 years old. She's got a rocking body today. She's still a great athlete, but she will never get over that teasing of thunder thighs, you know, because it goes right to that core of body image that, you know, young girls hold dear and thank god you know my dad and brothers weren't t- never teased me about that so i didn't carry that forward but i wanted to share that with our listeners because teasing even though the father or an uncle or a brother might think it's loving it sticks with you man probably to the mm. day you die
0: Mm-hmm. well and 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 we see that that um you know dad's words play directly research proves that dad's words play directly into the self-esteem and self-value that women themselves I, I know professional women who are very successful uh, have accomplished great things in life and yet because their father didn't approve of them they don't think they're worthy and um, you know it's just it's it's sad you you, you want to look at them and say look <laughs> you know you're beautiful you're intelligent you've accomplished all these things how can you not feel good about yourself but um, that's again that's how powerful the, the words from a father are
2: well, yeah, and it goes on for decades of programming after that. Uh, I want to ask you, we're just about three minutes to the end of the show. Are children of deployed veterans more vulnerable to exploitation? That's something in the four years I've been on the show nobody's ever brought up, but I think it's important.
0: You know, I'm not aware of any research on that. That's an interesting question. Um, I would tend to think, again, because of the value system that they're, most of them are exposed to, well, one of the things that when I talk to families of, of the military, you know, they, they have a step up sometimes on, on non-military families in that they understand some basic core issues like honor, like respect, like um, um, self-discipline, um, those kinds of things that a lot of people in regular culture uh, sometimes aren't familiar with. And so um, from that perspective, I think, A lot of times they they might have – even if they rebel or act out a little bit, I would tend to think that they're probably a little less uh, likely to be uh, vulnerable to exploitation.
2: Funny. I was going to say the opposite. I was going to say because so many enlisted, uh, not enlisted, but just general kids can be left to their own devices and exposed to different things mm-hmm. because it's a single parent household. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I haven't well, seen any some, research. Some of that but that is it's good.
0: Is that it teaches kids too to be self sufficient? Um, so I think there's some advantages to to that. But um, I'm not an expert, and I'm not aware of any research in that area. So.
2: Well, I just think it's a you know it's it came in from one of our listeners. It came into the chat. You know, I think it was valuable to bring up because maybe somebody will do some research on that. Uh, mm-hmm. I need to take us out to the end of the show. I want to thank you, Rick, for coming on the show. I'd like to have you back in the future to talk a little bit more about uh, parenting. Your books are available at BetterDads.net. You can find him there. Google him. He's Rick Johnson. Uh, you've been a terrific guest today. I want to thank you. I want to thank Linda Franklin for being on the show today for Shining Service Worldwide. That's ShiningServiceWorldwide.com. You're going to want to come back next week and you'll be